0: Small business help from the federal government. What's going on in China and the Pennsylvania Association of Realtor Guidelines for the moment? Tune in to Tool Time. We're going to break it all down. I'm Tom Tool. She's Jess Lyon. We're still coming out with content, still putting out good information on Tool Time here, despite having to do these. Grainy Zoom videos, not our preference, but that's how we're rolling. It's the new norm. And there's a lot going on in the world right now. And what we want to do is just get some important information out there. First off, with our first topic here, which is the small business help that's available through really two programs, thanks to the current pandemic. I'll break them down very quickly, and then we can kind of go back and forth about it, Jess. So the first one is the Payroll Protection Program. Uh, where the payroll protection program they 're going to loan two and a half times the business 's average monthly payroll, and that includes payroll expenses, salaries as well as health insurance. Uh, there's going to be a fixed four percent rate, part of it 's going to be forgiven depending on what the time frame is, and the deadline or the, the ability to start filing this is today. however, it seems like a lot of banks aren't ready for this and the guidelines are constantly changing. It's very fluid. So what do you think about all this, Jess?
1: Yeah, I think that it's, it's great that they set out, I mean, we had like an infographic on all these things that it's going to help you with low interest rates, um, up to two and a half percent or up to $2 million, things like that. But in a normal market, I was reading through this article and then on nerd wallet and then another article from fortune.com, um, in a normal market, these things are are super, super difficult to apply for. They take weeks, months, and the guidelines for this were just rolled out last night. So these mm-hmm. articles are saying that banks aren't ready, and this is going to be kind of like a shit show for the upcoming months. And, you know, who knows if you're going to be able to get assistance right away, but these small businesses, they do need help, like, now. So... I'm sure that we're going to be seeing the effects of this for a very long time. Um, But I also think that a lot of these small businesses that we really love and that are our favorites are not going to be able to reopen. So maybe us as a community can show our support now if they are available, like doing any kind of takeout business or if they're able to do any type of business, support your local community because they're going to need not just help from these um, SBA loans, but from us as well.
0: Yeah. So the, the, the SBA, the, uh, the, the payroll protection program, I mean, in, in theory is a great program. Cause they're going to forgive some of the, the debt. Uh, basically it's kind of like some free government money is what I'm reading here. The documentation requirements, and this is where it gets a little wonky is that it's like changing like by the minute where uh, you know, some of it, some people think it's one thing then there's a new application. There's all sorts of stuff going on. so what I'm understanding is you need your payroll, uh, your payroll reports from the beginning of last year up until the end of March. So January 1st, 2019, until the end of March, and you're going to need your P&L. You're going to need a financial statement and you're going to have to connect with the bank that you do business with. I mean, that's gonna be kind of like the, the, the really critical part of this here because if you're not talking to them, you know, they're the ones that are gonna be funding the loan. They want this to go through banks. Um, you're gonna need your 2019 1099s if you're doing independent contracts. You've gotta have your paperwork together. And there's a lot of people that are going to start sending these applications in today, but the problem is they're not gonna be complete and they're gonna to have to go back and get more. So it's like when you work with your accountant for your taxes, And you piecemeal it together and my accountant has told me like, Hey, I need everything at once. And I'm like, that's fine. That's what I need to know so I can get it all in one package. They can get it right the first time rather than go back and forth. No different than when we're in a real estate transaction and someone's piecemealing the paperwork together. It's a pain in the ass. It creates more work. So the challenge here is going to be the government getting it together and being clear on all this. Uh, There's 349 billion available. For, for the payroll protection plan. So in theory, it's great, it's gonna keep people working, but then there's the challenge of who can and can't work, what's essential, we're running into that on our own. So the program I like, I'm concerned about the execution and the way the information's being distributed. And if you're a small business owner, you've got to call your local bank right now, like get the information right from them, because some banks are not gonna be equipped for this. I wanna be really clear, I've heard that from a couple people, And a couple other business owners I own where their bank's not ready for this. Other banks are. And this is where you really want to, in my view, go local, like a local bank that you work with. So I work with Customers Bank. They're based out of the greater Philadelphia area. So really, really critical there. So make sure to contact your local lenders. Talk to a local bank. That's going to be the best way for you to get the right information about this. You can also go to treasury.gov. And they have kind of a checklist on there, at least the most current one. But again, this is super fluid. So you really got to be in tune on, this is going to be a changing atmosphere, kind of like everything we've been dealing with. Absolutely. So PAR, Pennsylvania Association of Realtors, they have a list of frequently asked questions about the coronavirus. So if you want to go to the website, it's parrealtors.org coronavirus. And it's really telling agents what they can and can't do. And this is based on information available as of 7 p.m. on the 1st no April Fools here, this is, this is what the governor's saying. So the, um, the, the big question that I've seen is that real estate's not considered a life-sustaining business right now or an essential business in Pennsylvania. And what's happened because of that is we have to do everything virtually. So when people think of a virtual showing, I think a lot of agents are under the misconception, hey, I can go to a vacant property and walk through with my cell phone and do a FaceTime, you can't do that. That's actually, it actually very clearly states on the website that is not allowed. Any in-person activity, not allowed. So what do you think about all this coming from the governor and what PAR is doing? And give us kind of your opinion on all this, Jess.
1: Well, I did think that virtual showings were something that you could do, like say a house was vacant, but then after reading through these FAQs, you, you just can't go. It's in-person. You just can't do it. So how do I adjust? People still need to buy houses people, under certain circumstances. So I think we were doing like a coaching call with Tom Ferry or something, and they had suggested, like, and even you had suggested, getting if the property is still on the market, get the seller to potentially FaceTime the buyer or the seller to record a video, just getting a buyer some eyes to get inside the property. So that, that is what a virtual showing to me would be right now. Um, and additionally, like just instead of doing these virtual showings, what I'm focusing on my business right now is, you know, building up for when this is over, getting people ready and maintaining that relationship. That way summer comes or whenever this is done, we're ready to go and ready to buy some houses.
0: So first of all, your mindset there, that's going to win. In this marketplace, there is no question about it. This is like loading the cannon for a delayed spring market for all the agents that are watching. And if you're not making phone calls and you're not doing lead gen, if you're a realtor, you're going to be in in, a, in, bad, in bad shape when this all breaks. It's not going to be like, hey, it's a new year, I'm ready to work. That's not going to fly right now because the demand is going to be so high. I am very clear on this. We're actually going to talk on this on our third topic in a second. Mm-hmm. But you need to be in conversations with people now because one of the biggest questions we're getting is, how do I time this? I still want to move. We're still having another kid and our house is still going to be too small when this is over. I'm still getting divorced, right? So like these things are that, that, that's what people are are asking. So to, to me, I think there's a couple things here that you want to take away from this. One, I don't necessarily agree with that. We're not an essential business. And I want to be clear. I'm not in agreement with that. New York just came out yesterday or the day before, I can't remember which, and now they are essential businesses and they can commence showings. That was a big flip because that wasn't the case. New Jersey, Tennessee, California, Connecticut, lots of states, I think even Maryland and Virginia, are essential. So I don't agree with that. It doesn't matter what I agree with and what I think is right. When the governor says something, that is the law. So anyone watching this that's a consumer and you're getting an agent saying, hey, I can go in. I can get you into the property. That is illegal. I want to be super clear about this. That is an illegal act that if you're trusting that person, what else is going to happen in the transaction? I'm not in agreement with the governor's stance on this. I, 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 I totally disagree, actually. That's not the point. The point is we have to comply with the law. And anyone that's not doing that or trying to bend the rules, is that really who you want representing you in a financial transaction? So that's number one. Um, secondly, if you don't have someone that's embracing technology, working with you on the sell side, meaning a detailed video tour. So we've recently pivoted where now when we start taking listings, we're not going to do just the quick two or three minute video. We're going to do the 20 minute video walkthrough where it's like someone's walking through with a cell phone, touring the property, just like we talked about and showing utilities. That was a great call we got from Josh Martin. Hey, I want to see the guts of the property not just the good parts, because that's what really get inspected. And we need to start thinking like this because people are going to start to buy more virtually. There's going to be an impact on the market here afterwards that they may not. I mean, people don't even look at homes if the photos aren't up right now. But moving forward, what may happen is, hey, I'm just going to go look at it and I'll check it out at the inspection. So then the question is what, you know, I think the third thing, and and I want to get your take on this because we talked about it too, Let's say you got a buyer, they go walk, walk. They drive by the property, they check it out, they look at the video that's online, the photos, they wanna buy it, how do you protect them? So I know we talked a little bit about this, what's your, what's your thoughts on that, Jess?
1: They like the property, they want to move forward, you submit an offer, you get them under contract, you have your inspection contingency period, you can go through the property, and if something comes up that you didn't see, you are able to get out of the contract and get your deposit money back, you're protected.
0: Now, what we're seeing from from Pennsylvania is that um, because of the the, uh, and you have to put a contingency in the agreement, just to be clear, that they have the right to go see the property. Um, And I think that that and that's when all this kind of blows over and doing that. I mean, that gives the buyer some control, gets the seller a sale. So there's not really a downside to that for either party. As far as I'm concerned, Um, there is some debate right now about inspectors. So inspectors have been considered essential because their household services. uh, I'm not sure what they're what what laws they have to comply with. So I would talk to them about when they can have the buyer there or not. But they could they could do the FaceTime video walkthrough as well. It's I don't think anyone can else can be there. So the whole point of this is you've got to get informed about what's going on. If you have someone that's just shooting from the hip and trying to do deals and encouraging showings and people to break the law, that's not the kind of agent I would ever want to be working with, whether I was buying a home, selling a home, out of state, whatever. No different than a lawyer or a financial advisor or an accountant. So if you got questions or you're unsure about what your agent's doing or what you should be doing as an agent, go to the PAR website and Suburban West our local realtors association came out with a very clear list of instructions as well. I know we've distributed all this team-wide. So, that's just the way it's going to be right now. And if you got a problem with it, contact your local congressperson or your local senator and petition it. I'm not giving you my I mean I don't agree that we're not essential and I'm clear we have to comply. If you don't like it, do something about it. And they are listening now more than ever.
1: I really like what you said there Tom about working with an agent who's just not trying to get deals done and trying to help themselves basically because there are agents who do know what's going on and are actively trying to know what's going on and you should and trying to help you. I mean that's why I'm in this business while well, you you started the team to help people in the biggest transaction of their life. So you don't want to just go with someone who's just trying to get, it doesn't care if they get you or anybody else under contract. You want to go with someone who knows what's going on and really is going to be able to help you and tell you how it really is. Hey, I'm not allowed to show you this house right now, but these are our options.
0: For, for sure. And, and again, the website, I'll have Nick put this in. It's P A R. Or it's parealtors.org, excuse me. So parealtor dot slash coronavirus. It has everything there. So the third thing we got happening here, and this, is, this isn't national news. To me, this is just real estate news that we need to be aware of. Um, according to the South China Morning Post, China's housing market has really sprung back in their tier one and tier two cities, meaning their larger metro areas, and they saw property sales triple in March from February once they kind of got past some of this coronavirus uh, issues that they've been dealing with, which we're dealing with now. They were there first. So I read through the whole article. It's got a headline. You want to get read, through, read through the guts of it. What do you think on this? Jess, tell, tell us where you're at.
1: We spoke about it on one of our other calls a few days ago. I think maybe Tom Ferry might have said it about um, he's getting a lot of love this episode. <laughs> um, he talked about, I think it was either not panic buying or like revenge buying or anger buying or something revenge, like buying. That. revenge buying. So I, I do expect like floodgates to open when this is all done and people are going to be out there hitting all different types of markets, but especially our real estate market, they've been inside, they need to buy. There's going to be some sort of floodgates that are opening now am I going to try and work with someone just because they want to make an irrational purchase or an irrational decision? No, that's where we come in and we kind of give our expertise and make help them make the right decision. Um, but definitely, I do think that this is going to open up a big market when this is over. So we for sure need to prep ourselves now and like Getting organized, getting your systems in place for when this is done, staying in touch with people who are going to be ready to buy, and just taking the time, because this will end. I I think a lot of people have this misconception that there's no end in sight right now, but it will be over, and you will have to be prepared, so now's the time to do
0: it. Yeah, and I I think all all you can do is, you know, when when you look at making real estate decisions, past performance isn't a guarantee for the future, but there's really nothing else you can go by. And looking at this, this is the only sample size that we have here. And Ray Dalio, if you don't know, he is Google him. He's one of the best business people of all time, wrote the book Principles. There has been he has he has a theory or these principles that, that have to do with his business. And he calls it just another one of those, meaning there's never anything that's happened in the world that hasn't happened before. Even this, there's been pandemics like this before. So you have to look at history to kind of guide you and then identify the situation that we're in. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, looking at the, you know, from from what what we're seeing in China, and there, there's a, there's an asterisk here I'll share with you, uh, but the transactions in at least uh, eight large cities—Shenzhen, Chengdu, Fuzhou, Hangzhou, Huan, Yangzhou, Shantou, and uh, I'm not seeing the other one here—the volume has surpassed the av- average levels in the final quarter of 2019, according to the Chinese. Real Estate Information Corporation, C-R-I-C. So that's like National Association of Realtors. And the thing you need to kind of be aware of, though, uh, is the deputy head of the E-House China Research and Development Institute, his name's Yang uh, Hongzhu. He did come out and say that prices of some of these projects were capped by the government, lower than the market. So some projects were more popular. And there's restriction on housing and lands pricing also created some room for arbitrage. So people are kind of rushing to buy properties and developers are scrambling to buy land. What I know in our market is there is like no new construction at all besides Philadelphia and all they're doing is tearing stuff down. So, I mean, and when I say no, I mean very little and you usually pay a major premium for it. Inventory has been so low here that our demand was already sky high before this happened. Even last month, I mean, up until we really got shut down here, we saw a real fever pitch in the marketplace I mean, over the pet the last two weeks of, um, of, uh, of 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 September here, and we saw numbers in Chester County. We saw 198 homes sell, 210 homes sell in Delaware County, 367 in Montgomery County, and 403 homes sell in Philadelphia. I mean, those are big numbers. That's over a thousand properties in a two-week period. So that demand is definitely there, and all we can do is look at this and say, okay, we're going to come out of this, and I don't know how many people you've talked to on the front lines. And this is where, like, the lead data doesn't always add up to the sales because the sales is a very lag number. There are people that were like, hey, I was ready to move. I got to get out of this place. I want to take advantage of rates. So they're going to still move. And seeing what's happening in China, and, again, we can just look at the data and we can try to interpret it. It's a good indicator that we're going to come out of this okay. All the more reason what you said earlier, which I love, and we've talked about one-on-one, we've talked about as a team, if you are not getting on the phone right now two, three, four hours a day talking to people and getting an idea of what their plans are and helping them time this, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice as a real estate agent. That's all there is to it. You're letting yourself down, and you're not going to be positioned to come out of this and have the cannon going off and, and being ready to roll. Absolutely. So we're going to skip the motivation this week. We're just going all facts, all data. Jess? Great stuff. Love your insight. We'll be back next week. Thanks for watching, everybody.